Welcome to our First Impressions podcast. This is for July 27, 2023, and my name is Dee Kelly, and I am so pleased to be your host for this. For those of you who are new, this is an opportunity for us to look at the lectionary readings that are coming up for this coming Sunday, July 30th. The readings for this particular week include a reading from Genesis 29, a reading from Romans 8, Psalm 105, and then the particular passage that we're looking at both today in this podcast as well as in the sermon on Sunday is Matthew 13, verses 31 through 33 and verses 44 through 52. So our goal is to simply read through this passage Look at some of the things that are our first impressions, what it is that catches our attention, curiosities, things that might connect to other passages of Scripture or other experiences. This is a fascinating passage for me in that we have been for the last couple of weeks in Matthew taking one parable at a time, and here we are um, flooded with, showered with, six different parables in one reading. The other parables that we've had have um, had with them explanations that came, where Jesus took the parable and explained what it was that the parable was referring to and giving us a (laughs) kind of our own first impression of what the parable was about. Here we have six parables. None of them have a specific interpretation other than we have the statement that helps to define them, and that is that it is a reference to the kingdom of heaven. And so, let me read this passage for us, and then we'll dig into the first impressions. Beginning with verse 31. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Now we're going to move down to verse 44, and the setting changes from Jesus talking to the crowds to Jesus talking to the disciples in a home. Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets and threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I guess I need to correct something I said earlier. The um, second to last parable, the one that speaks about the net that is thrown into the sea, there is an explanation for that one. And the explanation feels very similar to the parable of the weeds that we talked about a week ago, where there were wheat and there were tares, very difficult to tell the difference. And Jesus said, leave them both. And then the heavenly beings will come and separate them out when the time is right. Almost as if Jesus was saying, this is not your job. It's not your job to separate um, the good fish from the bad fish. That's something that the uh, angels in this particular parable come and separate the evil from the righteous. It seems like it might be both referencing to Um, the ways in which the world receives or doesn't receive Jesus's message, which is part of what we talked about two weeks ago, where the previous 12 chapters lead us up to this moment where it seems like Jesus is explaining why some have received the message and some have not. But it's not our job to determine who is in, who is out, who is part of the crowd, who is not part, who should be Um, acknowledged who shouldn't be, Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Let time do its work. Let the good news do what the good news does. And instead, you simply be purveyors of the good news. It seems like what this um, parable of the net is saying is a very similar thing, that the net gathers them all together. And the angels at the end will determine what's to be done. We also have a fascinating close to this that I, I find curious. It is a close where Jesus asks, have you understood all this? I feel like there are so many times where the disciples are saying, explain it, explain it. We don't get what you're saying. And here they answer yes. Yes to the question we have, do you understand this? Yes, we have. So then he tells them a final parable, and he uses the term every scribe. Scribes were religious leaders. Scribes were people who were responsible for looking at the word, the law, transcribing it, and um, in most cases, interpreting it for the people because it wasn't accessible to everyone. So they were responsible for making the, the law known to people. And so every scribe could be a reference to those disciples who have now been trained in the kingdom of heaven. And in being trained for the kingdom of heaven, they now become like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure both what is new and what is old. Almost as if Jesus is saying, now go and do what you've watched me do. Where I tell stories, 
about this kingdom of heaven and the new concepts, the new ways in which we need to understand and perceive the kingdom of heaven, but use items that are familiar. Use stories that touch a person's heart because they're familiar with agriculture and farming or fishing and the sea or familiar with treasures and fields and the economy or familiar with whatever it is that you think your audience might resonate with and then through those things introduce to them the new truths of the kingdom. What a great challenge to the disciples and what a great challenge to us. So what are these references that this storehouse parable is referring to? Story of a mustard seed, story of yeast, story of a treasure, story of a pearl, and then the story of the net that we've already referenced. So two questions. One is a repeat from previous weeks. Could you put together something that is old with something that is new that would be a way of describing the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is like a candle. Um, Jesus used comparisons all of the time wasn't always in the storyline form of a parable, but some incredible comparisons. Earlier in this book, in the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about, um, you are the light of the world. Who lights a lamp or a candle and puts it under a bowl? No. You take that light and you put it on a lampstand so the light can be beneficial to all who are in the room. It's a great little bit of taking that which is familiar and comparing it to how the kingdom of heaven works in us. He also said, you're a city set on a hill. You can't be hidden. It's another great, beautiful imagery of how we might understand our role in the kingdom of heaven. So here we have two parables of a mustard seed and yeast. Both of these reference small, tiny things. The mustard seed is a very tiny seed, and yet it grows into a space, a place in a garden um, that could be as high as six, eight, maybe even 10 feet tall. But I love the beautiful imagery of a bird coming and making its home in the mustard seed plant. The statement seems like it's saying this small, tiny mustard seed has within it the capacity to make safe space for somebody to make a home. I love that challenge of what the kingdom of heaven might be like in someone's life if I live according to the principles of the kingdom of heaven. And then again, the yeast, even smaller than the mustard seed, and once it works its way into the flower, it, for all practical purposes, disappears. You can hardly even tell anything is there. And yet it begins to work. It works its way through all the dough and causes it to rise. 
I love the notion that very often the kingdom of heaven appears hidden. But when it seems like nothing's happening, something's happening. And the kingdom of heaven begins to work its way through love and grace and forgiveness and begins to affect everything it touches, even though sometimes it seems invisible. Well, I come back once again to ask you what you would use to describe the kingdom of heaven in your life. When has it surprised you? When it is, has it appeared out of nowhere, seemingly with no backstory, and yet there's always a backstory? What is the kingdom of heaven like in your journey? And how might these particular parables affect the way you think about the kingdom of heaven? The treasure, the pearl, it seems like there is a slight shift in those two where God's work among us, it's both the value we place on the kingdom of heaven that we would do whatever it takes to embrace it. But I wonder, I wonder if those two parables might also talk about how our Heavenly Father views us, that we are the pearl of great price, the treasure in a field, that Jesus gave all that we might be redeemed? Hmm. It's worth reflecting on how this also might be a message to us about how we are treasured and valued. I hope you'll dig a little bit deeper into these passages. Sit for a while with them. Let them seep into your very being. I pray this week is a wonderful week that you experience God's grace, God's joy, God's peace, and that the circumstances that you face, though they may be difficult and you wonder where God is, just know that like yeast, it's behind the scenes working in your life and in the life of the people around you, working its way and doing the thing that it does in very quiet, subtle ways at times so that all things might be transformed. It's been great to be with you. I look forward for those who can come on Sunday to see you then and uh, continue our journey into these six parables. Thank you.